Hi, and welcome back again to Maturing the Bride. Today we're going to be asking the question, how does this affect your day-to-day -day life? And before we get into that, I want to remind you to be sure you're very clear, men and women, this is first and foremost about what God gets to do for all of eternity. This is about what God gets to do. We saw that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. What is his goal? His goal is to live out and show off his grace for all eternity. For all of eternity future, this is what God is doing. This is what life is about. God wants to live it out and show it off. He's going to be doing that by taking a bride for his son. Not only just a bride, but a mature bride. By bringing someone out of sin, saving them, maturing them, and then allowing them to be with his son to rule and to reign forever. This is first and foremost about what God gets to do. So your goal is to mature as a believer. That's why we're here on this earth. Our goal is to mature. Our salvation is merely a stepping stone to something far bigger, something far greater. And that is to rule and reign with Christ throughout eternity. That's why we're here. Please note that this is different from simply praying a prayer. I've been trying to say that over and over and over again because that's where I see the majority of Christians in the American church. Well, I, I prayed the prayer. I'm good. I'm in. If you've ever listened to The Bible Project, there's Tim Mackey and then there is John Collins. This gentleman, John, they're both excellent. I highly encourage you to listen to as many videos on The Bible Project as you can, as well as their podcast series. But John Collins uh, quotes it basically this way, his understanding of Christianity. His understanding of Christianity, he says, is this, get saved, behave, and then chill with God for all of eternity. <laughs> get saved, behave, and then chill with God. As many a pastor has said, basically, as long as you get to heaven, everything's going to be okay. Just pray the prayer and get to heaven and endure these years here on this earth. You just got to pray the prayer to get to heaven. In other words, you've got some fire insurance. You need to get your fire insurance. You need to pray that prayer, get that in fire insurance. And then Christianity becomes sin management. Don't do all the bad things. And so you're managing sin, and so you become buddy-buddy with God in heaven. Men and women, I'm here to tell you, that's not the way that I read the scriptures. That's not how I see the Bible. I look at verses like this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell, the gates, hmm, gates. Gates are designed to keep people out. They're defensive. And men and women, if it says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, the word prevail has got to mean if the gates are not going to prevail against it, the church, we the church, if they're defensive, that means one thing. We the church are to be on the offense. We're to be on the offense. And that doesn't square with what I call sin management. It doesn't square with just simply not doing the don'ts. That doesn't make any sense if we are to prevail against the gates of hell. 
there's something far more important, something far bigger than simply sin management, simply not doing the don'ts. And sin management is not going to get you to the top. It's not going to get you to the top. You don't get to the top by simply managing sin. Uh-uh. No, you need to be on the offensive. You need to be on the offense. The church needs to be on the offense and taking on the gates of hell. Let me give you a simple example of an offense in the Bible, an offensive example from the scriptures. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 21 and 22. It's about a man named Beniah. There was also Beniah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warder from Kabzil. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. He chased a lion? <laughs> Not only chased a lion, but on a snowy day and into a pit? Men and women, I've heard of lion tamers, yes, but I have never heard of a lion chaser. He chased after a lion on a snowy day into a pit, and he killed it. You've got a 500-pound lion against a, what, maybe 200-pound man, and the man advances and chases after him into the pit and kills him. So what happened to this guy, Benaniah? Well, in the scriptures, we find out that he became David's captain of the king's bodyguard. Well, you know, if you chase a lion into a pit and kill it yourself with your bare hands or a spear, whatever it may be, yeah, that kind of qualifies you to be captain of the king's bodyguard. I get that. But this Benaiah lived long after David, and he went into his son Solomon's reign. What did Solomon do with him? Solomon made him commander of the army. He gave him a huge upgrade. Why? He had a strong resume. <laughs> he had a strong resume. Men and women, strong resumes get promotions. Strong resumes get promotions. That's another way of saying maturing to be a part of the bride. Maturing to be a part of the bride. Your goal as a believer is to build your resume. Your goal is to build your resume. Your goal is to mature. And this is going to affect your day-to-day -day life. This has everything to do with your day-to-day -day life. But before we get into this, before we talk about building your resume, we need to make two things very clear. Very clear. Here's one of them. Number one. There's a difference between having your name recorded in heaven and being rewarded in heaven. Let me say that again. There's a difference between having your name recorded in heaven and being rewarded in heaven. Recorded is by faith. Rewarded is by works. Now, again, I've got to be very clear on this, and I'll tell you why in just a second. I want to tell you what I am not saying. I am not saying that having your name recorded in heaven is faith plus works. I am not saying that. Having your name recorded in heaven is not faith plus works. I'm not advocating a faith plus works Christianity. 
I say this over and over and over again. I was speaking at a Chinese missions convention in Los Angeles years ago, about 3,000 people. And one man came up to the leader of the convention and says, hey, that man's talking about faith plus works. That guy's wrong. And the leader looked at him and said, you weren't listening. You weren't listening to the message. That's not what he was communicating. I am not communicating a faith plus works. I believe in sola fide. Sola fide, what is that? That's Latin for faith alone. Men and women, the only thing that gets your name recorded in heaven is faith and faith alone. It is not faith plus works. It is solely faith. We'll get into that much, much more at a later time. But I said I want to go over two things. Here's the second thing. Number two, God loves you no matter what your resume looks like. God loves you no matter what your resume looks like. Listen, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jesus Calling by Sarah Young. I go over it almost daily. I, I looked for, for, for some encouragement. I really appreciate it. On April 19th, I read something that I want to share with you because it's powerful. It says these words. I love you regardless of how well you are performing. Sometimes you feel uneasy, wondering if you are doing enough to be worthy of my love. No matter how exemplary your behavior, the answer to that question will always be no. Your performance and my love are totally different issues which you need to sort out. I love you without limits or conditions. I love the way it said that. The answer to that question is no. <laughs> you can never do enough to be worthy of my love. It's not even close. No, it's not going to happen. In other words, you have 100% of God's love no matter where you end up. Whether you're at the bottom, whether you're in middle management, whether you're in upper management, whether you're a partner, you have 100% of God's love. That will never, ever change. So differentiate between his love and your performance. I'm talking about performance, maturing to rule and to reign. But that has nothing to do with God's love for you. That is 100% steadfast. It'll always be there. Another way of saying it is this. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do to get God to love you any less. Men and women, that's why it's called unconditional love. God loves you unconditionally no matter what your resume looks like, no matter what your works are, no matter how you get rewarded. Differentiate between the two. Okay, now that we have that settled, let's move on to your day-to-day -day life. Again, I'm saying this has everything to do with your day-to-day -day life. And I find that because of the Apostle Paul who writes these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. It's required that I be found faithful? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I prayed the prayer. I'm in. I'm going to heaven. Oh, men and women, please, there is a huge difference between faith and faithfulness. Faith and faithfulness. When you talk about faith, faith is talking about having your name recorded in heaven, whereas faithfulness is talking about being rewarded in heaven. Faith, having your name recorded in heaven, 
faithfulness, being rewarded in heaven, and the two are very different. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Faith versus faithfulness, they are very different. So when he says it is required of stewards that they be found faithful, what he's saying? He's saying if you want to become a part of the bride of Christ, you've got to be faithful. In other words, you need to be building up your resume. You need to be building up your resume. Again, I'm trying to say the primary goal of Christianity is not to get into heaven. The primary goal of Christianity is to be faithful, to rule and reign with Christ as his bride. And the two are totally different. And God's ultimate goal for you and his ultimate goal for me is to have us rule and reign with his son. He wants you to build your resume. Salvation is merely a stepping stone to something far bigger, something far greater, and that is big and that is ruling and reigning with his son. And we find this in the parable of the talents, this need to be faithful. In the book of Matthew, if you're not familiar with the parable of the talents, God gives out talents. To some he gives five, to some two, to some one. And then he goes away and then he says, I'm going to come back. I want to see how you did. And so we have in Matthew, the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. Let's pick it up in verse 14 and 15. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. So they all had different talents. He goes away and then he comes back. He says, I want to see how you do. Verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Settled accounts with them is what I call judgment day. We're going to learn much more about that later on. It's what happens on judgment day at the beam seat of Christ. He says, I want to see how you did. I want to look at your life. Was it for your kingdom? Was it for my kingdom? Goes on in verse 21. And the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. He said to his master, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. You have been faithful over a little. A little? Yeah, what God gave you here on this earth, it's nothing compared to what you and I are going to get in eternity, ruling and reigning over the universe. So he calls that a little. What we have here on this earth, it's just a little. But because you are faithful in a little, I'll set you over much. Much? Yes, the universe. Really? Are you kidding me? Yes, that's right. That's what he wants to do. He'll set us over much. That's what he's trying to do. And it was all because of faithfulness. We find the same thing in the parable of the minas in the book of Luke. It's a similar parable, not the same. Here, instead of five, two, and one, there are 10 servants, and there each servant gets one. And he says, I wanna see how you did with the one. We pick it up in Luke chapter 19, verse 17. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. Again, I'm calling this Judgment Day. This is what Judgment Day is about. I want to see how faithful you were. Not about faith. Faithful. The first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little. You shall have authority over ten cities. Why did he get authority over ten cities? Because of his faithfulness. 
because of his faithfulness. If you're faithful here on the earth, you're going to rule and reign over cities. Cities? Yeah, why not cities? If we're going to be ruling and reigning over the universe, certainly there are going to be cities in heaven. Cities throughout the universe. He says, you're going to be in charge of 10 cities because of their faithfulness. Now, it's not exactly a one-to-one -one ratio. What he's saying is, I'm going to reward you to rule and to reign. And then he gives this principle in verse 18. It's very key. Let's look at it. I tell you, everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Everyone who has, what? Faithfulness. More will be given. If you're faithful, God is going to give you more. Men and women, work on your faithfulness. Work on building your resume. It has everything to do with your day-to-day -day life. God is looking for a mature bride. He's looking for faithfulness. He's looking for strong resumes. This is what God is doing. That's our goal here on this earth. That's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. Now, this is in both the big and small areas, in the big areas of our life and in the small areas of our life. Let's focus on the big first and find out what we're talking about here. Now, remember, this is very different from sin management. But if you're just focused on sin management, what does it mean to be faithful in the big areas in sin management? Well, what he's basically saying is, hey, don't cheat on your taxes. Don't cheat on your taxes. You don't want to do that, okay? Because that's not being faithful. And you don't want marital infidelity. You don't want that. You don't want to be unfaithful to your bride. And in the area of dating, don't push the limits. Don't push the limits. Be holy in how you're dating. And in the office, don't be stealing from them. Don't be taking work and making it to your credit. Keep it to the companies. And don't lie. Don't lie. Oh, please don't lie and don't be self-centered. You don't want that. You don't want that self-centeredness. No, do you want to be arrogant? Don't be arrogant and don't abuse your child. Don't abuse your child. Don't yell and scream at your child and walk away with anger and never make amends. Oh, men and women, please don't abuse your child. But that's for sin management. What about for building your resume? What about for doing things, not just not doing bad things, but for doing good things? Well, are you discipling your family? How's that going? Are you pouring your life into kids? Or are you expecting the youth pastor to do that? Oh, men and women, don't expect the youth pastor to disciple your children. That's your job. That's your role. God gave them to you, not to him. You are to be discipling your children. And what about, I don't know, volunteering in a nursing home? Going and loving on people who feel lonely, who feel empty, who feel like people have forgotten them. That's a possibility. Maybe you'd want to be a foster parent and help a child uh, that desperately needs help, that just needs love, someone to lead them and guide them. Or what my wife did with our kids, she had our kids go and tutor in the inner city. And so they would go down into the inner city of Richmond and they would tutor. And my daughters, who loved it, uh, they got a vision of what they wanted to do. My one daughter said, I want to be a teacher because she tutored in the inner city. Maybe you'd want to do some evangelism and go out on the streets and help that way or just be sharing one-on-one. -on -one. Or maybe you'd like to go overseas and maybe drill wells for a community that has no water. Or if you're in the medical field, go on the mercy ships with Operation Mobilization and, and help people who have no chance of getting any kind of surgeries. Or maybe you just want to go overseas and live over there with a job and just love on people of other cultures and share Jesus with them.
Big and small areas, he wants you faithfulness. Well, what about the small areas of sin management? If we're talking about sin management, small areas, you know, what if they gave you too much change? They gave you too much change when you walked out of the store and you realized as soon as you're getting it, oh, I got too much change. Do you say, oh, I'm sorry, you gave me back too much? Or do you walk away and just smile and say, oh, God's blessed me. Are you reconciling or you're not reconciling? Are you walking away from people that have hurt you and you're not reconciling? Or are you going to work through the issues? What about your homework? If you're doing homework, you're a student, are you doing it to the glory of God or are you doing it just to get by? Huge difference in how you do it. What about gossip? Are you gossiping behind people's backs? Now, what about in the area of building your resume? Those are all kind of defensive of, of not doing things. What about offensive? Well, I don't know. Do you encourage others? Do you try to build people up? Are you helping people who are in need, whether the blind, whether the poor, whatever? Are you just being friendly? Just are you smiling and helping people and saying good things to make them look good? Are you, how do you greet the person when you walk into a store who's there? Are you greeting them with kindness and love and, and hey, how are you doing? And uh, that's what God wants, just these little areas, little things. And how do you take care of your pets? God says, I want to see how you take care of your pets to see how you're going to do for all of eternity. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over 10 cities. Being faithful in the very little. Men and women, this has everything to do with your day-to-day -day life. It has everything to do with your day-to-day -day life, of how you live your life every moment of every day. God is looking for a mature bride for his son. I encourage you, be a lion chaser. God is looking for lion chasers. He's not looking for people who just do sin management. Oh, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. No, he wants lion chasers. Why? Because you're going to be ruling and reigning with him over the universe. And that means you need to be on the offensive. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You need to mature as a believer. I encourage you, build your resume. How's your resume? Build it. Build it, because your salvation is just a stepping stone to something far bigger, something far greater. Okay, in our next time together, we're going to give you a formula to successfully rule and reign forever. And it's just four words. A formula to successfully rule and reign forever. Don't miss this one. Don't miss the four words that can change your life forever. Welcome again to Maturing the Bride.